Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, Carey Price is your 2022 Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy Award winner. We will talk about that. We're going to talk about the Canadians asking a prospect if they would take $50 out of the toilet. And we have a Lavelle Rocket uh, Weekend Recap. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 630 of Locked on Canadians. And today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen or your first watch of the day. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers already. We cannot thank you enough for that, so please Subscribe on YouTube wherever you like seeing our shining faces, whether we've had 12 hours of sleep or three hours of sleep. We are here for you. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, it has been a busy weekend for both of us. It has been a busy, busy weekend for the Montreal Canadiens, despite having no actual games. How are we feeling today? It's a beautiful weekend in Montreal, and it looks like for the next day or so, it's con- con- going to continue to be beautiful. Uh, there's lots to talk about, and I'm actually excited for this week. There's a lot of topics that we could be covering, and so we've got a little bit of time over the course of this week. So we're going to talk about three things today, but that does not mean that we haven't thought about the stuff that you've posted or sent us emails to talk about. So we are going to talk about them over the course of this week. Yeah, uh, obviously, so much is happening with the Canadians right now as the draft inches ever closer. We are one month out from the NHL draft, and we hope to be there in as much capacity as we can be for all of you. But before we get into the draft and the draft combine, especially, that will be in our second segment. Don't worry, we will get to that. Carey Price was named the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy winner for perseverance and dedication to the sport of hockey. Which the first thing is, are they not doing an award show this year for this? Because they've been naming all the award winners throughout the weeks here. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, unsurprisingly, won the Selkie in just absolute blowout Patrice Bergeron fashion today, Sunday. Uh, And Carey Price, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, was named the Masterton Trophy winner. Uh, He received 50 first place votes. He was the far and away leader in that. And my first thought is... um, When he was named nominee, I knew he would get a ton of votes because there were questions if he's even going to play again. Uh, He talked a lot about how he's getting PRP injections for his knee during his speech there and how much it meant to even come back and play this year. And somehow, despite winning this award and coming back and doing all this, there are two things that bug me a little bit. Is that there, there is a segment of fans that go oh, well, he was injured and came back, but this person's family member died or this person had this horrible disease. Turning this into a suffering competition among fan bases is such a weird thing to me in that perseverance and dedication takes on many forms. And that is not to say people like Kevin Hayes or Oscar Lindbaum in the past and other people haven't had their own suffering and trials and tribulation. And that is not to take this away from them. And it is not to say that Carey prices was worse than everyone else. 
This is an award voted on by the entire 173-person panel of the PHWA. And they looked at this and said, this is our person. Almost a third of them gave him a first place vote. That's a lot. And it, it's a weird thing is I don't like, I, I don't, uh, it's not grief tourism, but like trying to compare grief and pain and suffering is such a weird thing to me is that it's not what the award's supposed to be about. And it's tough in that I, I don't want them to do away with it, but like, I don't know if the rules need to be rewritten or what, but I'm tired of having this debate every single time this award comes up is that, oh, well, they didn't suffer enough for me. And it's like, that that's not what this is about. And the other thing that came out of this, and this is a very weird thing, only two of the Montreal-based writers actually voted for Carey Price. And it kicked off this whole thing about support in the province and this and that. And I, I really don't have the time or energy. People are allowed to vote for who they want to. And I, I don't really feel like it's necessary to have a warm commission on who voted and who didn't vote for Carey Price for a trophy about suffering. And I don't know if that's just me going this, I don't have time for this. It's the off season. I'm tired. I want to make sure I'm just not off base or feeling off on that. I don't think you're off base on that. So a couple of things, I'm going to go back to both of the points that you made. Our friend Andrew Berkshire called this a ghoulish award. Uh, former coworker Mark Dumont called this an awkward award. I would call it an uncomfortable award because as you said, it is not a suffering contest. And it often is portrayed by that. I have seen debates every single time. I've been online a long time. I've been around a long time. I've seen debates every single time when one person wins it, there's always people going like, well, this person deserved it more. This person deserved it more. And it's always a kid. Like the, the conversation is always, it's always literally about who suffered more. That is not what the award is. The award is perseverance and dedication to hockey. So you could make a case. A lot of people voted for Zdeno Chara, uh, not for first place, but a few, right? You could make a case that playing hockey at his age, I'm a lot younger than Zdeno Chara and I got injured myself by sleeping. I woke up this morning <laughs> and everything is just not, you know what I mean? So like, yes, you can make a case for that. For somebody who had an injury and lost a family member, for those of us who have been unlucky to have that situation happen, a close family member, the most important person in your life or something like that, or when they're ill or whatever, that is also a legitimate challenge to getting back to the game and playing. I mean, just think about it. You have one bad day. Like, can you perform your work to the best of your ability? Like, so those mitigating circumstances are what gets focused on and not the journey back. And that to me is like a separation that we need to do. It's not about how badly they suffered. If you're talking about perseverance and dedication to hockey, you have to think about the journey back. I, I saw that one of the Montreal writers who did, in fact, vote for Carey Price, but put Kyle Pozo ahead of him. I mean, just think about a couple of years ago, like how um, how how hard it was for Kyle Pozo to come back to the game. Like he had like devastating injuries, right? He almost he died. Exactly. He like, almost died in the hospital. Yeah, like. Exactly. So like things like that will happen. And the journey back is what we have to focus on, not how bad what happened to them was. And, and people like suffer in different ways. And another thing that I want to say is about the Montreal media. I think... I understand why fans are upset because, but at the end of the day, it is the Montreal media that puts forth 
the person that should be under consideration for the Masterton. And the Montreal media voted for Carey Price to be under consideration. They might not have given him the first, second or third place votes. Uh, but I also think that it's not necessarily a person that we don't know because a lot of people are talking about like, oh, do they just not like Carey Price because he doesn't give them good answers or whatever? Like the discourse is getting a little bit overblown. So you are not off base on that. But I also think that we kind of have to think about this a little bit is that I sometimes feel like there's still as much as you say it on the surface, like underlying subconsciously, there's still so much bias against substance abuse like it is considered like your fault it is considered your problem it is considered like your responsibility and addiction is a disease it's literally in the dsm right substance abuse is in the dsm it is under a class of you know mental uh disorders or challenges or, or whatever you want to call it it's something that's like way misunderstood i have not been through it very lucky like i'm very lucky but i there are people that are close to me that have been through various forms of addictions and it truly is something that is so hard to come back from it is so hard to overcome it's something that like when you're in recovery you're doing this for the rest of your life you're literally in recovery for the rest of your life just think about how hard that must be and so i think the fact that people just throw the personal responsibility onto the person so for me what i think is like no you are not off base and saying like this discussion is way overblown but at the same time when people are doing those votes and thinking about that i wonder if they need to examine their subconscious biases as well uh and just think about that because again like you hear it all the time you hear things like just it's just misunderstood people talk about addiction being your fault and people talk about addiction being something you can control a choice that you're making um and you know they say that about eating disorders they say that about suicide they say that about a lot of things and it's just about it, it to me it's a little bit of ignorance that they have not yet worked through i don't know if that's what happened i don't know if it's dislike for carrie price i don't know if they legitimately believe that these people the, these other people deserve the award more maybe they do i don't know i don't want to question their integrity but i understand why fans are upset or disappointed or angry but i also think that there's a reason there there might be a reason behind it that might be neither of the things we just said right yeah and to put a bow on this before we move on to our next segment is that 32 players were nominated and every single one of them has some challenge that they overcame for this and that among itself is commendable and there are other players that weren't nominated that did the same thing it is not a grief competition it is never it should not be a grief competition uh, and not to take a hard right turn out of that into something else, but the NHL Draft Combine was this weekend in Buffalo, and we have a lot to discuss there, and that's all coming up next. But first, I got to tell you about one of our new sponsors. It is a product I use every morning on my way to work. It is Athletic Greens. It helps my gut health, helps me get energy in the morning some days when I just don't want to go to work because the sun's out and shining, helps my immune system, and it's better than taking pills and vitamins every morning and trying to keep track of all of that. And you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. They've got over 7,000 five-star reviews. They're recommended by professional athletes, and they're trusted by medical health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And also, if you're like me and you're concerned about the environment, they are a climate-neutral certified company. And in 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting the old-growth rainforest. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in needs, including No Kid Hungry here in the United States. And in 2020, they donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. 
That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look after your health anymore. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens slash athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And before we dive right into the draft combine here, we have an important favor to ask. We at Locked On, not just here at Locked On Canadians, though we do love you very, very much. Yes, even you. They've put together a survey to help our listeners and our viewers improve your experience. And if you go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, you can take the survey and you're going to be entered to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So please go take the survey. Help us to help you make this an even more enjoyable experience every single day. And that's LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you so, so much for your help. All right, Laura, I'm going to ask you a question. No, do not take this as seriously as some people think. Walk into a bathroom at Peel Pub and there is a $10 bill. I don't know if Canadian money is worth more than American money, but in the, whatever the more valuable currency is, there's a $10 bill sitting on this toilet. You go to you go to reach and pick that up, and then you look in the toilet, and there is a $50 bill. Which bill are you taking? Okay, here's the question. So my answer is not the right answer, right? Like, I know that teams are looking for an answer. This is, this is something... <laughs> I personally walk out of the bathroom and then ha- have hives. Like I bathe myself in Purell and <laughs> even the thought of touching, like I, you, I'm a dermaphobe. It's well known. Um, I think the answer is you reach for both. The answer is why not both? Now, the correct answer, I think, widely recognized when this question gets asked is the $50 bill in the toilet bowl. I think that's what teams are expecting you to say. But nobody said in this question, I don't know if if it was specified in the meetings, which one are you taking? Nobody said you can't take both. Uh, why? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. You know what? Okay. Laura has the actual right answer here. So <laughs> if you're out of the loop on all of this and wondering why after Friday's episode where we talked about sentient toilets, we're talking about taking money out of a toilet. The draft combine is all is a week-long Westminster Kennel Club show for teenagers and a bunch of old white dudes who work in hockey and that they have player interviews. They ask them all manner of insane questions because that's what they like to do. This is fun for them in that it, it makes them uh, question their critical thinking skills. Like one year it says you've been locked in a room for your three doors ahead of you. One has like a boa constrictor in it. One has a lion that hasn't eaten in a year which door are you taking? And the answer is you take the lion was eaten for a year because that lion is dead. It has eaten for a year. This year, the Canadians uh, in their meeting, and I believe it was uh, Kelly Odelius, if I'm mispronouncing that, I am very sorry, mentioned in his interview after the fitness testing that the Canadians asked him, would you take $10 off the toilet seat or $50 out of the actual toilet? Would you like to suffer a little for a bigger reward? Or would you like to take an instant gratification here? And... Normally, when these kind of things come up, it, you should just kind of laugh and go, ha, that's weird and funny, but okay, whatever. People took this question as like, 
they're bullying teenagers and making them do gross things. And my thought is, I need all of you to stop what you're doing right now. It is a critical thinking question. They probably have a book this thick with questions that are meant to tease your brain. I've heard other stories of a player sat down in an interview and because they didn't address someone properly, the interview was basically over at that point. The Canadians asking a harmless question about if you would take $50 out of a toilet is like so far down the list of things that are not important that like, just get over. It's not that serious. And if you're taking it seriously because of the team asking it and it being the Canadians, I really have to ask you to reassess where your priorities are at and all of this. And the answer is one, you take the $50 and then you just wash your goddamn hands because you're an adult and we live in a society where you should wash your hands when you go in and out of the bathroom. I, (laughs) why wouldn't you take the $50? Like, and it's funny. I have, uh, I have an actual thing. Carly's in the other room. She says she takes the $50. I wash my hands and the money and deposit or change it for clean money. That's not money laundering. Is it like, (laughs) <laughs> the well, reaction... it depends if it's if you're being technical or if you're talking about the law <laughs> yeah but like in all of this i look at this and i go the reaction to this is so overblown and ridiculous that i feel like it's only because it's the canadians like it's a stupid funny question where you think critically for a little bit and then you give an answer and then you go on talking about yeah you know i like to play the team game and i get pucks in deep and you know help out my boys out there and you give all the normal crap cliche answers after this like i the reaction to it was so dumb and as someone who's done the draft combine for several years this happens every year there's like they made them do a math question about buses driving in opposite directions. Like that's making them do math. They're hockey players, not college they can't scholars. Do math. <laughs> yeah, they know puck plus net equals good or puck plus net equals bad. That's that's the math that most of them know. The reaction to it has been so ridiculous. And I it, admittedly it's funny because like I said, I've done the draft. This is the first year I've missed it in a while because I was out of town for a pre or for another event. Just stop. It's not that deep. We say it a lot on the show. It's not It's not that. that deep. So quick note, Scott was not able to go to the Combine, but we are in the process of lining up guests that may have been at the Combine. Well, there are a couple in mind that I have that that were at the Combine. So we're going to be talking to them as well. Uh, if we can, we haven't fully confirmed that yet. We're going to talk about that. I just want to say one more thing about that question. There's always a curveball question, right? One of the things, one of the tenets, like I've done job interviews. I've done interviews in order to get promoted. I've done uh, hiring. I've done a lot of things. That curveball question isn't there to see what the answer is. It's to see how you react to it. And they're always going to throw out a wild one, right? You are, like you said, like those kids are going to say the cliches. They're going to talk about all the things that agents and parents and PR people have prepared them to do in order to get drafted and increase their stock. And then they're going to react to a curveball question. And the whole point of it is that the player shouldn't have seen it coming, right? Like, it'll be something that the player did not expect. I just thought it was funny. It's not a big deal. People are, like, acting like the Canadians are committing a crime. They're not going to decide not to draft a guy based on the answer to that question. But if the guy is combative or loses their cool, something like that, maybe that person's stock will go down a spot or two 
in the draft, possibly, if that, right? Like, it's it's designed to see how you react. It's not designed to see whether or not you get the right answer. I like the lion thing, though, because I never would have thought about that. I would have just been like, I hate snakes. I'll take my chances with the lion. <laughs> uh, and we do have a little bit of a note here uh, before we transition into our final segment is... Uh, the Canadians did not take Yurov Slavkovsky out for dinner. At least I don't believe they said they met with him. However, um, they took Shane Wright out to dinner. They also took Logan Cooley out to dinner. And I believe they took uh, Jonathan Lekermaki. I'm definitely mispronouncing that one out to dinner. And he was looking at the menu and he said, that steak's $60. And they went, okay. And, and he's like, okay, I got a big steak for $60 with the Canadians. Uh, and I'm very sad that I had to be out of town this weekend because like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, where are they going? Where are they taking these guys? So I can just be like that guy in the corner of the restaurant with like the newspaper. I'm going, huh? Okay. So who are they, who are they talking I to today? I think that's stalking Scott. No, I'm doing my journalistic job. Look, there was a website that existed <laughs> to stalk Stephen Stamkos for years when he came to Montreal. I am just doing my job as, <laughs> as an in-depth investigative reporter. It, maybe it's a little stocky, but you know, regardless, I didn't actually do that for any of the FBI agents listening to this. I promise you. Um, we will obviously have more on that. We're probably going to hear so much more from players as the lead up to the draft continues to intensify. The Canadians are holding their own combine in, uh, I believe it's probably at Brossard where they have all their training facilities. It's usually very heavy on QMJHL prospects and it's all players who were not invited to the main draft combine. They cannot work out players who are invited to that combine. They can invite players who were not. So they will be able to uh, do that. We'll find out who actually went, I assume, in the near future. Uh, it is not open to the public like the draft combine, or at least not general public like that. Um, now to take another turn here, the Laval Rocket are in the Eastern Conference Finals. They played game one on Saturday. They just finished up game two about eh, 45 minutes before we sat down to record this episode. We're going to walk through what's going on, when we might see Joshua Watt debut, and everything coming up next. But first, as I mentioned earlier, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting and stats info. Get all the latest developments, including news and odds across the board, from things in the NBA Finals to the NHL, almost getting to the Stanley Cup Final. We're getting close. The MLB season's in full swing. There's golf, there's MMA, UFC, boxing, everything you can need at BetOnline. And they are a continued source for all your wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website, that's betonline.net today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right. Uh, I feel like I've talked a lot in this, and that's not going to cease here in the next couple of minutes, because we are in my world. The Laval Rocket, after eight days off, are finally in the conference finals. They played game one on Saturday. They lost 2-1 in overtime, and they won 4-2 today, Sunday, uh, in Springfield, and now head back to Place Bell uh, for games three through five because the AHL goes 2-3-2 for their series, makes it easier on travel and everything else. And the biggest thing is right now that people are asking is, when is Joshua Waugh going to play? When is Joshua Waugh going to play? Well, folks, I have good news for you because in warm-ups before game two, Cedric Paquette was pulled out of the lineup. He is suffering from an injury. Gabriel Bork did not finish the game. Uh, they will both be reevaluated and the team gets back home. I looked at the lineup today when Paquette was pulled. Uh, Jean-Christophe Baudin was on the fourth line wing. I think that was, he went with his most veteran guy who could play with the pace that he wants in the lineup here. And I was always assuming that once they got back 
two home ice and JF Hool has last change that we would see Joshua Wah in the lineup. Given the injuries, the need for some help on the power play, I would not be shocked to see Joshua Wah in the lineup in game two. He might not play a ton at even strength unless they find a way to kind of shelter him a little bit, but he's going to be back. He's going to be in the lineup relatively soon. So do not worry about that. I promise. I think people, it's our fan base, right? We are those people. Uh, we freak <laughs> out about everything. We just talked about a toilet. We talked about Carey Price winning the Masters, Masterton and people freaking out about it. And now people are freaking out about whether Raw Kidney or whoever or uh, whose lineup decisions. The Canadians will have last change for the next three games. I think that, you know, honestly, I personally thought that they could easily have been up 2-0 in the series at this point. I really did. Uh, and so I'm not displeased by any of what's going on at the moment. And I think that there is a legitimate conversation to be had in the regular season about using the uh, AHL team as a development system. But right now you're in the playoffs and people keep worrying about like these kids are not on the top line. They're not being played. Uh, what's What about the experience that they're going to get? And all of that. The reality of the situation is the Laval Rocket sucked for the first five years of their existence. They were bad. They didn't see the playoffs. It doesn't matter who you play where. There was no playoffs to speak of, right? So I think right now we need to, it, it's not about like not being too, you know, not asking for too much or whatever. I think there's a legitimate point to be made about developing the team via Laval. I just think that right now is not the time to do it. It is the Eastern Conference final. You are steps away from the final. You got to do what you can to get there. And it's not like there's nobody on the team that is getting valuable experience by this, right? Like just by being around the playoff atmosphere, taking part in the skates, the practices, the warmups even sometimes, that's enough to give you the experience that you weren't going to get anyway like three years ago, right? Or two years ago when they couldn't have the playoffs or, you know, it's just everybody needs to just chill out about that. And I, I look at the game today, which they won 4-2. It was a, it was a strong performance. Jesse Lonen had three points. He had a goal and two assists. Raphael Harvey-Pinard uh, got himself off the schneid, scored a big, big goal. And Caden Primo has been the team MVP. People talk that, oh, there's there are not enough prospects, that this run doesn't really mean anything. Who cares if they win or lose? Building a winning culture is still important. Like, they're a very good team. Uh, I did Hapsit Minded with Jared Book last week before the series began, and we talked a little bit about how Chicago has built a winning culture there, prospects or not. They expect to win. And if you're the Montreal Canadiens and all you do is win, you should expect that of teams at every level here. Yes, there aren't a ton of prospects right now. That's just because all the picks that Bergevin and Timmons and them made before they were fired have not yet come to roost. You give it till next year and the year after that, and they're going to have more than they know what to do with at this point. And you got to find that balance. It's also the playoffs. You play to win the games. You don't change a winning lineup because your hot shot prospect who hasn't played a professional game, his team got eliminated in the QMJHL playoffs. Do I want to see Joshua Watton? Yes. Yes, I do. It's He's going to be a fantastic ad when he gets in the lineup. But I understand why J.F. Hool has handled the lineup the way that he has. Caden Primo's been great. They need a little bit of work defensively. This series has been very different in that it's kind of a combination of both the Rochester and the Syracuse series. It's physical. It's kind of a grinding pace. But then it has end-to-end -end action. And trying to find a balance between the gameplay style hasn't clicked yet. The Rocket offensively have found what they need to do to push them back. But now they've got 
to work defensively. Caden Primo's been great, but you don't always want to rely on the goalie because then you become the Michel Therrien era Canadians. There's obviously a lot happening here. Plasbell's going to be rocking next Friday, Saturday, and then I believe Monday is game five. Uh, they're they're going to put Springfield to shame. Donick Martell, after game one, went, it was quiet compared to what we're used to at home and even in Rochester. They're ready. And they Why are can't re- we enjoy nice things? You just said it. Plasbell's going to be rocking. Why can't we just have the fun? Let's exactly. just have the fun. Are you going to care if Tori Dello scores a hat trick and they win game three? No, because they won. Are you going to care if, you know, Jesse Lonen doesn't score points in games four and five and they still win? No, because wins are fun. The goal horn going off, the whiteout, everything is fun. Enjoy the ride. It doesn't always last forever. This has been, it, it's not the Canadians cup run level of fun, but damn if it isn't probably the most fun I've had covering a team in a long time, AHL or otherwise. So that is our Rocket Recap. Uh, if you have any questions, I will be happy to answer them leading up to the games this week. Game number three is Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night at 7.05. It's going to be a good time. I believe games three and four are completely sold out uh, in terms of tickets already, yeah. um, which, good job, everybody. Very proud of you. It's going to be a good time again. Uh, and that's actually going to kind of wrap up our show. And if you enjoyed listening to us here at Locked On Canadians, please check out Locked On NHL. They're going to have all the news you need from the playoffs, Avs versus Oilers, Rangers, Bolts, other draft nonsense, everything else going on. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us hit 1,000 subscribers. Please, please, please. Thank you in advance. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. We will see you all next time.